You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. Tech fan number 222. I'm Tim Robertson, and there's David Cohen. Hello from over here. <laughs> so it's uh, two weeks since the last show. Yeah. Yeah. It's not. It's real life. Real life got in the way last week. It did. It did. But uh, glad to be back here with you this week, David. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it because we've got a lot to talk about. Do we? What do you want to start with? Um, I well, um, I are you eating? Well, no. Yes, you are. That would be rude. <laughs> you're eating. I'm not eating. It sounds like you're eating. I'm just all I'm, all I'm doing is I'm, I'm I'm digesting all this amazing content we've got to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> you want me to get you a shovel with that too? <laughs> so uh yeah the, we've got a pile of stuff that's kind of been queuing up over the last couple of weeks um some of it looking through this i thought oh well i, I forgot we were going to talk about that so uh what's been interesting i've found is that uh we're, we're in that time of year when people are launching new products we've got apple stuff's coming um in Next a week, week or so yeah last yeah. week We've uh, we've got various trade shows around around the world announcing new things, and and obviously you know the holidays are coming, so everyone's announcing the real stuff that they're going to sell this holiday season, as opposed to uh, CES, which is the the stuff they're thinking about selling for this holiday season. And let's and let's not forget today is Force Friday. Yeah, everywhere online um, this week has been Star Wars toys everywhere, even. Even my good lady wife sent me a link this morning to uh, a, a big retailer here that's just announced their new Star Wars line. Um, but I, I, I took a look at some of it. There is so much stuff, <laughs> and and the kind of, they're still selling stuff from all the old movies uh, as well. It, it's very difficult to actually pick out, you know, what to buy. You kind of spoilt for choice if you're a Star Wars fan. I, I you know, and, I'm a huge Star Wars fan as you are, but I. The only toys I'd buy is for the kids. I'm not. I know a lot of yeah, adults. Probably some people listen to this show buy Star Wars toys for the collectability. I'm not one of those people. But the thing is, even for the kids, there's nothing lamer as a parent than buying a toy for your kids and then fi- then finding out it's the toy that nobody wants. Mm. <laughs> you know, and and the, the difficulty with all the new stuff is that nobody's seen the movie, so we yeah. have no idea. You don't know who the these characters of, are. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. I, mean, I was thinking the same thing. Like, oh, do you want this Kloru, whatever his name is? Kids are like, wasn't he in the trailer? Yeah. Um, I take sure. What, <laughs> they, they don't know. Uh, I, I remember uh, with the first set of movies, there was there was a whole load of characters. The, the one that always stuck out in my mind, there was, um, you remember there was all the bounty hunters who had been sent out after you're, Han Solo. Yeah, you're going to talk about Hammerhead, aren't you? Uh, no, well, actually, no. Hammer because this hammerhead kind of looked cool, but there was a there was a, an android bounty hunter. Yeah, black one. Yeah, uh, I I can't remember whether it was black. It was kind of thin. It, it looked like a long cylinder with a with a. It kind of looked uh, rude, to be honest. Looking back on it, it was like a long thin cylinder with loads of lights on it, and it was meant to be an android bounty hunter. And I remember you saw those everywhere in mm-hmm. the stores, and it was in the Empire Strikes Back for about. 10 seconds and it didn't have any lines and i always remember thinking oh if you got a kid who got bought one of those you kind of got suckered yeah 
And this is going to be the same thing. Without having seen the story, you've no idea who the characters are interesting, who the characters are going to be a big hit, and the characters that aren't. So as a kid, if you if you get bought something that your parents think looks cool, but actually it turns out to be in the background for five seconds, you're going to be pretty bummed. I grew up loving Star Wars, obviously. I was seven years old when the uh, Star Wars came out. And I say, I know it's called A New Hope now, but at the time it was just Star Wars. There was no yeah. New Hope. And, you know, I was I was immediately hooked. And when my Uncle Robert passed away uh, two years ago now, uh, I was one of the people that got up at the funeral and spoke. Mm-hmm. And I spoke about the fact that he took me and my mother to see Star Wars. My dad had to work, and he wasn't interested anyways. He's never been a science fiction guy on any level. He could care less. But my Uncle Robert wanted to see it, and we stopped at this little store called Ben Franklin's. And uh, they had the Star Wars toys already. And I picked up a couple that I thought looked cool. And I had just, you know, that's where my Star Wars love started right then. And that movie opened up the idea of something called a force, something that you can't see and can't touch. And I mean, it was a it was a pivotal movie for me. But the toys, when I was growing up, were just they were huge, and it seemed like they were never ending. But compared to now, there it's it's unbelievable how many toys there are out there now. I mean, it's almost too yeah. much. Well, this is this is kind of what I was saying about. I went to this retailer's link to, you know, all the all Star Wars toys, and there was so much stuff in there, and stuff clearly from, uh, you know, the previous the movies, movies as yeah. well. Uh, and and it, and it is almost a case, you are spoiled for choice. It's like, well, what would you, if you were looking to buy something for a kid, what would you buy? And they're not cheap. No. You can't afford to buy, certainly can't afford to buy it all. The one, uh, no, absolutely. The kid that lived right across the street from me, only part-time, um, he has... That's where his dad and stepmom lived, and he was only there during the summer, and mm-hmm. like you know, a couple of days at Christmas time. His name was Kenny. I hated him, but his dad spoiled the crap out of him, and he got all right. the Star Wars toys. It seemed he always had the cool ones, and you know, I'd go over there and play with him in the summer times because he had all the cool Star Wars toys. Even though I didn't like the kid, I have no idea what his last name is. Otherwise, I'd look him up on Facebook and so and say I hated you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this is a spoil little yeah, anyways. He was like a year and a half younger than me. Yeah. So so but one year I got the Millennium Falcon for Christmas and he didn't have it. Oh, that was such a great thing. <laughs> Knowing that I had the most sought after Star Wars toy and, and Kenny didn't have it. He tra- he offered to trade me two X Wings and a TIE Fighter for it. <laughs> I was like, No way, dude. Yeah. <laughs> what are you gonna do with those? Exactly. Exactly. Well, you got eight arms. Well, the Millennium Falcon was awesome. I mean, you could have them in the back, yeah. and a couple of people in the cockpit, and the landing struts, and the little hidden yeah. compartments on the floor. It was awesome. I love the Millennium Falcon. I, I, of all my toys, I probably play with that Millennium Falcon the most. I, I built I built my own out of Lego. Did you really? Yeah. Um, and and the thing is, I mean this this is back. This is obviously as well pre internet. Sure. Um, and and. I don't. I don't think media. Exp- we, we didn't. We don't. We never had like all day, every day TV like you did. Uh, and the TV we had in the in the kind of in, in, the, in those days in the late seventies in, in Britain um, started about four in the afternoon, uh, and 
mo- and of course, two of the channels, well, yeah, there was only three channels for a start, and two of them were BBC, so they didn't show commercials. So consequently, you didn't really get to see uh, advertising for children's toys. So um, I don't remember we, seeing advertising as a kid, other than Saturday morning cartoons. I, I don't remember ever seeing, yeah. I, at least in the 70s. Sure, I remember in the 80s, but in the 70s, I, yeah. I don't remember seeing them. It was always about the holiday catalog, the Toys yeah. R Us or the Meyer catalogs that would come, and you'd see all these toys and uh, hours spent laying on the floor just pouring over it and circling in them, scratching that circle out and circling something else because this is cooler and, oh. Uh, that's yeah. amazing. Well, th- well, this is it. The thing is, is that is that when it came to Star Wars, the the only reference I had for building a Lego Millennium Falcon was what I remember from the movie. Yeah. And let's face it, when you see it, it and I saw the movie four or five times. My dad took. He loved the movie so much. He took us over and over again. But nevertheless, you don't. Re- I mean, it's very well done because obviously the movie was done on a budget. Sure. You don't. Act, if you think about it, you don't really get particularly good looks at the Millennium Falcon in the first movie. Not a whole lot um, of them, no. You know, from a couple of angles, but that's about it. So I didn't really have a very clear idea of how the ship was configured and looked. And so I can re- what I can remember very clearly is what I built, and it, it it looked kind of like the Millennium Falcon, but it really wasn't. The cockpit was in the wrong place, and, yeah, it really was... Uh, it was it was my mind's eye version, put it that way. And uh, I, I still... Don't get me wrong. I mean, the imagination is, is a wonderful thing, because I still... Uh, I still really dug having it, and uh, basically, I used to build it over and over and over again. And yep. um, yeah, it was uh, it was pretty cool. And kids don't do that now. I tell even you, with, even with Lego, no, well, you, they do. They play Lego, Lego Millennium games. Falcon. Yeah, yeah, but the Lego Millennium Falcon, you have to build it using the instructions. It kind of defeats and the it costs like eighty dollars. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's just little pieces of anyways. Um, yeah. The one Star Wars toy that my kids saw and they want really bad is this BB-8 uh, droid that you control with your iPhone. Yeah, I showed I showed my wife the video of it last night because I, I said this is the toy everyone's going to want this Christmas. Yeah, it's like one hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah, it's expensive, but boy, it's kind of but it's really small. Yeah, that's what that's kind of what got me as well. And, and that I was thinking, oh, maybe I can buy one for the kids, as, and really, it's a toy for me. But then I saw in the video how small it was, and that kind of did it for me. If it was the size of a soccer ball, that would be different. I, I'd I'd be so there. Yeah, I absolutely so there. But this is obviously intended to be used kind of on the desk or something. And for me, that's too small. Yeah. For that sort of money, that's too small. I totally agree with you. That's I mean, yeah. the kids kept saying, "You've got that much money, Dad." I mean, the kids think I'm rich or something. I'm like, it's $150. Yeah, I've got $150, but I'm not spending $150 on a, a palm-sized little remote control ball. That's crazy. It's, it is impressive, though. It's um, really impressive. And knowing yeah, that the BB-8 in the movie is, an, is a practical effect, i.e. it's not CGI, it's an actual thing, that's, to me, it blows my mind. Yeah. But yeah, it, it, they use the same technology in this toy. Yeah. It's amazing, yeah, that's, dude. That's so crazy. why didn't they build it the right size? Uh, mass production, I guess, would be my guess. Mm. It, it's yeah. really kind of cool, though. I, 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 I want one. Yeah, maybe I can build my own one out of Lego. Out of Lego, yeah. It'll be a little loud when <laughs> it, it rolls, but, you know. Yeah, and also it won't look quite like the one in the movie, because mm. I won't remember what it looks like. Probably. No, it'll be square. <laughs> Yeah, it might have been cubic. With the triangle head. 
<laughs> well, in my mind's eye, that's exactly what it looks like. <laughs> <laughs> and, it, and it'd be blue because that's the that was the other thing. My Millennium Falcon was blue because that was really the only color of Lego bricks I had. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I just kind of glossed over that. It didn't matter. <laughs> Instead of BB-8, it'll be uh, <clears throat> what would it be? It would be O O zero. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we we did get some feedback. We should let's get to that here earlier in the show than usual. You guys can reach us at uh, the Twitter page. It's at Techman Podcast, and uh, we got one from uh, Scott. We did. Um, we we were talking about Crossy Roads. Uh, he uh, and um, uh, and, and Crossy Roads and it's and it's kind of pseudo. Is it really a sequel? No, not it yet. Is, no, no. So uh, the Pac-Man two five six game we were talking about. Which, you know what? You think you think I'm bad? I'm 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 kind of mad for video games. My wife has got every single power up you can get in that game. I'm missing one. She <laughs> she has just played the hell out of it. I've, I've got you one know, left and, to go. And she she's a, she's a complete team. I'm looking at her play it versus me playing it. Is is like you know when you. You hear those stories about the, the the kid who gets the Xbox and they go online first time in uh, in Halo or Call of Duty or something, and then everyone just like murders them over and over and over again because they're they're so bad compared to everyone else. Yep. that's kind of like my wife and me with with Pac-Man Two Five Six. She's just you know she's awesome at it. So um, Scott said uh, he agreed with us both hundred percent on both Crossy Roads and now Pac-Man Two Five Six, and the touch controls are right too. That's kind of what impresses me the most is the the controls on this thing. Um, I wanted to pull up. How do I pull up? Oh, I just hit play and kill myself real quick here. And Pac-Man's dead. So in game. All right. So where does it show all the standings? Uh, my standings right now, high score wise, I've got fourteen thousand fifty six points. Uh, yeah. The nearest to me that listens to this show, Donnie Yankelo has 5,226 points. I'm destroying you, Donnie. And Michael <laughs> Breed, who's right behind Donnie at 5,142 points. Adam Christensen for the Matt cast is 3,675 points. And a good friend of ours that I know is going to listen to this and go, hey, that's me. I'm, I'm destroying you, dude. Neil Wharton, 1,354 points. I'm, I'm crushing yeah. Neil. It's you'll, not even. You'll notice, I'm not, you'll notice I'm not on that list. That's because there are people who played the game before it was finished. You probably have higher point scores. Than no, no, no. I'm just looking at my friends. <laughs> oh. Are we even friends on uh, on the game thing? On Game Center. Yeah. I don't. I don't really. I've never really. I've... So here's the thing about Game Center. It, when it when it came out, it was launched with a big hullabaloo and fanfare. Oh, we got the interesting thing. I, maybe I missed. The part of the keynote, I never really understood what Game Center was for, and I and consequently I've never really paid any attention to it because I just don't really understand what it does. I mean, uh, is that all it is? Is it is it just it just allows you to see what what your friends are you doing school wise on games? Oh, you could challenge them. Yeah, well, I, I don't I'm, know. I'm, maybe, look, I'm looking through here. Your I don't have you listed, guys. Sir, no, well, maybe. Maybe it's my aversion to uh, Green Felt, but uh, I'm just I've just never used it really. I'm trying to remember what is my my name on here. Uh, again, I have no idea. So um, that's maybe 
Well, let, let me see if I could figure this out. Um, how, I, how do I figure out what my game is? Or my gamer <laughs> card? I, I don't know. What, what the idea is, I'll say it here on the show, and then people can friend me, and then, okay, Game Center. Um, I guess it's just your your Apple ID? No, 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 Game Center profile? No, that's not it. Uh, I've just start, I've just started up on my iPad, and this great big puff of dust does come out the screen. <laughs> it says Game well, Center profile is my Mac. <laughs> I must have I must have been in here before, though not for a long time because I'm, I've just found it up on my iPad now and, and I'm wondering where all the green felt has gone. I didn't know that they'd taken it it's away. Gone. <laughs> yeah, uh, but I actually have I have my name. I don't know. I have this. Apparently, I have eleven thousand nine six points. I've no idea how that happened. Um, I have two hundred seventy three games. No okay. idea how that happened either. Okay, I, I have um, my Mac on here. Right, and I'm D underscore B underscore Cohen. Okay, uh, but I'm going to look have, for you right now. I have D in my profile at some point. I have written a little bubble next to it that says "Hating Game Center." So presumably, I have used it before. Okay, but I have no memory of this. D underscore what? B D underscore B yep. underscore Cohen. I got to click a whole bunch to get the underscore thing. All right, yeah, return. Um, okay, now I'm going to hit send. So I just sent you an invite. I got it. Did you? Oh, yeah. I, I, I clicked on the invite and, invite and GameSense crashed. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Uh, sure did. Yeah, okay. I, I see it now. So accept big blue bubble. Right. So what does that do? I don't know. Yeah. Well, do I? I don't see you on my list, so maybe I got to quit the app. Oh, well, you've probably got to let it crash once or twice, like you just did for me. Oh, yeah. So now I can see, I can see all your games, and I can see the games we have in common. It says you're ranked higher than me at Pac-Man for two five six. I would have hoped so. Um, <laughs> so I have two thousand two hundred seventy five points. Apparently. Now, does your wife use your account, or does she use her own? I don't. Uh, she would, she would use her own. She uses her own uh, iCloud account. And uh, David's, uh, yeah, you've got two hundred seventy-three games. It says that's connected. Yeah, I have no idea. And and you can type in your own little message. So when people see, you know, it's hating Game Center for yeah. DB Cohen, <laughs> that's, that's and he's got fun. he's got one friend. But if I click. Your one friend. It says no friends. Because <laughs> no, the one friend is you. Yeah, That's I'm gonna. Why. I'm gonna take a uh, a screenshot of that. I think that might be the. Uh, the <laughs> one friend. That's the show title right there. What? Oh, <laughs> David has one friend, and then I go to it and it says no friends. No friends. <laughs> we don't count you because you're already has, other than you. No friends. <laughs> All right, now I'm gonna go into. Pac-Man and see where you rank with yeah. all my... I, I noticed you'll rank lower than me on Plants vs. Zombies 2, though, so there you go. I, you know, I hardly ever play that. I gotta... Stop running away, Ghost. The red Ghost and the pink one's the only one you have to worry about in this game. Oh, I know. I know. Because they don't go through a set pattern, whereas all the others do. Uh... What? How do I... Okay... Now it's not showing... Okay, there it goes. 
You come in fifth. So you're 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 beating uh, Neil Wharton, but you're underneath <laughs> Adam Christensen, Michael Reed, and Donnie Yankolo. All I say is Neil, you've got to keep you've got to keep the side up because I I'm really am bad at this game, and if I'm beating you, then you, you Neil's probably going what what game? I'm never I I loaded never that game back some once. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was butt playing it. It was in my pocket. Yeah. <laughs> He like no. ate one dot in it and Neil's, quit the game Neil's, and deleted it. Neil's listening to this and he's shouting at his kids going, which one of you kids has been using my iPhone playing that game? More he's saying, get better at it. Tim's beating us. Yeah. What's wrong with you guys? <laughs> a 45-year-old man's well, beating you in Pac-Man. What is wrong with you? <laughs> there we go. That was an education. I, I now know more about Game Center than I ever did before. Me too, to be honest. I mean, there you go. I think when I first fired up, was it iOS 6 that Game Center came out? iOS 5? I forget now. Um, I, you know, I think it went through my contacts or something, and it said, here's some friends. So I just said, okay. And I can't tell you the last time I got a friend request. But for those that are listening, if you want to be friends on Game Center, you've got David's, and mine is MyMac, one word, M-Y-M-A-C. And, I think uh, I think what we're, we're getting to here is this is another fine example of Apple knocking it out the park with social media. Yes, absolutely. They they <laughs> they're on it, man. And this is Ping Mark Two. So we got uh, uh, an email from BJ Rowland. Yeah, he talked to us last time, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, he he said, uh, and and you you may recall that he he was talking about uh, last time about advertising, and he sent us a quote by. Uh, but from from Oliver Cromwell that he Absolutely. turned into a comment. So, keeping the intellectual level of the show up, um, BJ has has now has a quote from Einstein. So he says the Ashley Madison episode is proof of Einstein's most important maxim: only two things are infinite: the universe and human stupidity. And I'm not sure about the former. Mm. So <laughs> there we go. Yep. And this episode is pretty much proving that rule. There you go. <laughs> Uh, boy, we got a lot of spam. You know, if I go to the TechFan website, techfanpodcast.com, just, it's spam comments all over the place. But we, uh, obviously we welcome your input. If you're interested in contacting us, the show at techfanpodcast.com is the email address, or just go to techfanpodcast.com, leave a comment in the show notes, or hit us up on Twitter or Facebook. Cool. Right? Yeah. So talking of stupidity, which we kind of were, um, let's talk Samsung. Mm. Mm. So Samsung, I, I was talking before that, that new products are being released all the time at the moment because it's that time of year. And uh, Samsung have released the Galaxy Note 5. So uh, Galaxy Note's been really successful for Samsung. It's one of the few products they've ever made that they didn't directly copy off somebody else. So um, that's kind of cool. Um, and they pretty much invented the, the phablet market, as it's called. Oh, yeah, absolutely. The, the big S phone, yeah. And, and, you know, even talking of copying, even Apple has kind of come to that party late and, uh, and had success with that. So uh, I guess that's one area where um, Samsung can take some pride. But not with the Note 5, with their latest release. No. So one of the, fe- one of the features of the Note 5, um, of, of the whole Note line really, and it, the kind of clues in the name, Note, the idea is, is you can use the Note as a notepad. And so it comes with a stylus, 
and uh, the stylus is twinned to the tab to the phablet. They, uh, it has electronics and stuff in it. And the idea is is that if you kind of take the stylus out from the uh, kind of hole in the case where, where it lives, then immediately a note-taking application pops up on the screen and you can then write on the screen and write your notes. So that's all kind of cool, and this is this has been a feature of the Galaxy Note right from the right from the early days. But with the Note Five, they've designed it in such a way that the pen, the stylus, uh, is is basically it, it it doesn't it'll go in the hole either way. You can right. either put put it in the way it's meant to be, which is nub tip, side first. Yeah, which is the tip down. But but apparently, um, if you stick it in backwards. You're not looking what you're doing. It'll go in that way, too. The problem is, if you stick it in that way, it won't come out again. Yeah, and you destroy uh, your phone. Literally. Well, yeah, then what, then what happens is if you kind of, it gets stuck very quickly, and then if you pull it out, you destroy the little piece of plastic inside there that senses whether the stylus is in place. Uh, and then the next time you take your stylus out, it'll come out again, but you won't get your little note-taking app. So kind of the, the thing that gives the feature, the, the, fo- the feature that gives the phone its name is broken. Um, Samsung's incredibly uh, Steve Jobs-like response to people who've criticised him in this is, well, if you read the manual, uh, it'll tell you not to do that. Well, there's a problem with that, though, David. <laughs> well, there is, because you can't read the manual, because the phone doesn't come with the manual. It's actually an online manual that you have to go to their website to read. And then you got to search for it, because it's not... I actually yeah. went to see if I could find it. It took me about two or three minutes. I'm really good with the internet. I know how to look for stuff. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. No, that, that's that's really not an answer. This this flaw is so bad that uh, Leo Laporte, who uh, obviously runs the uh, the Twit Network and um, used to be well known as a big Apple fan, but I think it's fair to say anybody who's listened to his content for the last few years knows that actually he's got a he's got a big thing for Google and Android. He really, really likes yep. uh, likes these devices, uh, and also he he likes to buy all the latest stuff and try it out. So he has one of these, and uh, knowing that this was a problem because he'd read about it, he was talking on air, and all his shows are videoed now, so you can actually see a video clip of him doing this. Um, and he's kind of discussing it and just kind of kicks, knowing that he could break his phone by doing this, he very gently stuck his stylus in the wrong way and broke his phone. So basically, this design flaw is so bad that even if you are fully aware that you could do this, you can still unintentionally do it while you're trying not to do it. <laughs> Only and that's how bad it is. I mean, that, I mean that it, to me, that there's nothing else that can sort of scream bad design as something that allows you to do that. No, not just bad design. I mean, did did this product not go through quality testing at all? Anything? Did anybody use this? I mean, it's got one thing that you could take out. One thing. No one in quality control ever put it in backwards to see what would happen. Just, it's ridiculous. Yeah. I, I, you know, and it... I, in some respects, I feel bad for Samsung because they've been going through uh, a tougher time of late, um, and this is one of their few products that um, showed promise. That you know, yeah, well, yeah, that, that does well. It, that, that does well for them, really. And now it's going to be tarnished with a um, with a, a, a scandal. Now, the other thing that's slightly confusing me about this is if this were Apple, oh, the word "gate" would be flying around. <laughs> Yeah, yep. it would be getting press 
like no tomorrow and people will be going about how terrible it was and everything like you know and how can they charge this money for this and they're meant to understand the market and this that and the other this i mean it was a blip on the internet for a couple of days it's kind of gone away now um and i don't understand why uh samsung gets a pass and apple doesn't well i do because it's apple and people like to hate mm. apple well but, um, i think people are fairly or unfairly and, and we're guilty of this as well, uh, hold Apple to a higher standard than the rest of the tech community. They just do. Yeah. And again, I don't know if that's fair or not. I mean, Apple has built their reputation on how great their products are. <clears throat> you know? And yeah. if you're going to say that, you, you better back it up. And in some respects, I don't think they have with some of their software lately. I think the hardware that Apple's yeah. making right now is just brilliant. I really do. Other than you can't upgrade anything, which I really don't like. Uh, but, you know, the industrial design and the way it feels and the way it's it's great. I just think they're lacking in software. Speaking of Apple, though, David, I debated whether I wanted to bring this up, but I thought, oh, what the heck. Uh, I've actually got some things posted up on Craigslist right now. Yeah? Yep. One of them, believe it or not. Now, on this show, I mentioned... Uh, a while back that I had my iMac die on me. Yeah, and when I, I, say, I remember. Yeah, uh, when I say die, I mean the graphics card went kaput. But that machine had a 2 terabyte internal hard drive as well as a, I think it was a 480 gigabyte SSD that the operating system ran on. <clears throat> Very mm-hmm. fast machine. You know, 16, no, 12 gigabytes of RAM, um, 27 inch iMac. It was great. I love that machine. I'd still be using it right now if the graphic card would have went kaput. Yeah. And yes, I used kaput twice there. Oh, three times now. And so I posted it up on Craigslist to sell it. And I and I asked, uh, I'm gonna say six fifty for it maybe, which I knew was too mm-hmm. much. That's too much for that machine. But I figured somebody will talk me down and fine. And honestly, I just wanted to get rid of it. It was sitting on the floor next to my desk taking up space. I'm not going to use it anymore. I've already wiped the hard drives, did a low-level reformat, writing zeros. It's safe, right? I get a guy. He's way down in Indiana, like three hours away, asking if I would be interested in trading him for uh, a practically brand new iPhone 6 Plus, 16 gig. I'm thinking to myself, well, sure. (laughs) I don't need it, but I could probably sell it if it's you know, if it's free and clear, and it is, as he said, unlocked. So I met him yeah. uh, last week, last weekend, and I looked at it. It wasn't tied to an Apple ID, no SIM card, completely unlocked, so I swapped him. So I have now a unlocked 16-gigabyte AT&T or T-Mobile iPhone 6 Plus. It's the white one with the silver. Cool. I've got that up for sale on Craigslist now. I've had a lot of people interested, but nobody's pulled the trigger yet. Yeah, you know what? I mean, it's 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 tough selling phones on Craigslist and eBay. You know, I've bought a couple in the past that um, that I, I found that haven't been iCloud locked, but but then when I've when I've tried to use them, I found they're actually um, barred from the networks because they've been reported as stolen. Now, I put my so, SIM card in you know, this one, and it I made phone calls and everything. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's that's the thing you have to do. But that's, that's um, in particular with eBay, that's tough to do, because often you don't meet with people on eBay. You uh, 
you just get it sent through to you. Yep. You know. It's but, a great phone. Um, it it still has the headphones. Yeah. They've never been used. Everything that's it the box. I mean, uh, the story was this guy bought it. Uh, his original one, uh, the home button and the side button broke, wasn't working. Mm-hmm. So he took it into Apple and they said it's going to be a couple hours to fix it. He didn't have a couple hours. Right. Uh, so he just, and he wanted a, a 64 anyway. So he just bought a new one, a 64 gigabyte. Yeah. But now he's got this one. And then he found that there was a local repair shop that would fix it under Apple Care. He went in there. They actually swapped phones with him. They gave him a different one. Yeah, just gave him a different one. Yep. And mm-hmm. he tested it, used it, and then took his SIM card back out and just put it back in this box, thought, um, I'll get rid of it sometime. And uh, when he saw the iMac, he thought, oh, I'd rather have that. So is he going to change the graphics card on the iMac? Uh, my understanding, honestly, he, he sounds like he wanted because that iMac was one of the rare ones that you could actually use as an external monitor. Which would bypass right. its graphic card. Uh-huh. Uh, so it sounded like he wanted to use it as more of an external monitor. Okay. So. All right. Well, I guess I guess he got a deal. You got a deal. Everyone's happy. Absolutely. Um, I don't know what I'm going to do with it. It's sitting in its box and slowly discharging its battery. I got to pull it back out and charge yeah. it up here soon. But yeah. I don't know what I'm going to do with it. You know, other than hopefully somebody will buy it. So if anybody listening to this is interested, let me know. Um, it's a nice-looking phone. I mean, he, yeah. it still had the plastic on it, on the phone itself. Wow. Yeah. I took it off briefly so I could test it, but then I just put the plastic Ooh. right back on it. But it's crazy that this was a phone, uh, you know, less than a year ago that was so freaking hard to get. I mean, you remember how long I had to wait to get my 6 Plus. Yeah. You know, and I got the... Did I get the 32 or the 64? I want to say I got the... 32. Pretty sure I got the 32. You know what? No, I don't know. No? Pretty sure I got the 32. No, no, you must have got the 64 because they don't do a 32 in the 6 plus. Okay, yeah, then then, yeah, yeah, I got the 64. Because it's 16, 64, 120. Yeah, yeah so. I got the 64 because it's the yeah. same size as my uh, iPad Air 2. So, yeah. So I don't need it. My wife does not want a 6 plus. She thinks they're too big. She's really happy with the 5S that she's using. Although I think yeah. a regular six, she'd be even happier with. Um, and you know, I'm on that AT and T now, so I can upgrade my phone at any time. Yeah, uh, cost me more. Yeah, I know. I know the downfalls, but whatever. Um, yeah, I don't know. I know what I'm going to do with it. I'm I'm sure it'll sell and it'll sell well because you know. Oh sure, there's, I, there's a lot of people that want it. I, you know what yeah. the funniest thing is? You know, the most contact I've got is someone asking me if I would trade. And, of course, my yeah. response is, sure, what you've got, without fail, it's been a Samsung phablet that they want to trade <laughs> me. Almost all of them has been a Galaxy Note 4. With a broken stars. <laughs> no, that's that's the 5. That's the 5. Yeah, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> I've got a 5 that works great, except uh, this notepad thing doesn't work. I don't know what's wrong yeah. with it. Yeah. I'm sure it's an easy fix. <laughs> So. Well, it, you know, I mean, that's the thing with that is is not only is it bad design, but also that the, the, it just goes to show if Apple were designing a device like that, there is no way that the sensor inside would be a cheap plastic tab that could break off. No, no way. Yeah, it would be something electric magnetic or electromechanical or something that would be, you know, would be bomb proof. 
Uh, and it just goes to show, even if you spend top dollar on some of these devices, the internals may be rubbish. So what do you think that that's going to come out next week? I mean, everyone's expecting the new iPhones will be announced. They'll probably go on sale a couple weeks later or in October. Um, a lot of people are saying the iPhone 6S and 6 Plus S or whatever, 6S Plus. Um, better cameras, better forward-facing cameras. Looks like the size of the hard drive, flash memory, and it's going to remain the same, which means they're going to have a 16 gig. Jeez. Um, yep. What? A lot of people are speculating <clears throat> at new Apple TV starting at 149 and 199 for a 16 or a four and an eight or an eight and 16 gigabyte. That's going to have an app store. Um, that's something, if they do come out with that, David, I'm going to buy the new Apple TV. No question in my mind. Yeah, well, you, we, my wife and I have been having this debate because we, uh, yeah, the phones, I think, I, I mean, I, with all of this stuff, at this point, there's been so many leaks that I would imagine we'll get 90% of what's been yeah, talked about. Absolutely. Uh, it, you know, it's, it's fairly, it seems to be fairly, fairly well locked down at this point, unless they have some massive, you know, Certainly, the phones are, are coming, and, and I, I think there's very little doubt about that. The Apple TV, unless they have a deal that falls through at the last minute, or they find a major flaw, uh, and they have to pull it. And if, if, you, if you find them um, spending spending half an hour in the keynote talking about uh, the latest feature in Safari on the on, on um, El Capitan, then you'll know that that's where the Apple TV was meant to go. Um, but uh, we we. Oh, we we put a new TV in our in our living room. Uh, we've only just got the living room fully set up after we moved into the house, so it's been a couple of months, um, and we haven't connected. We we had to buy a new TV, so we got a smart TV, so it does most of what we need straight out of the box. We haven't connected our Apple TV to it yet, and uh, my wife was saying to me uh, just the other day, she said, "Well, when are you going to hook it up?" And and we have an Amazon Prime stick to go onto it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, because we, we're watching a lot of Amazon Prime at the moment. Uh, and I said, well, you know, I don't know what I'm going to do with it, really. And then I said, but, you know, there's probably a new Apple TV coming. So she, I, was interest, I was interested by her reaction, actually, because I was kind of, oh, well, Apple TV, I can live without it, really, if I want to. Uh, and she was like, no, no, we've got to have the Apple TV on there because we, you know, we like to rent movies, and that's the best way of doing it. Um, so she's kind of still hooked into, you know, to her, in her mind, the Apple TV is the movie rental device and, and so and, we can't and, not have it my interest in the new apple tv providing that some of the speculation turns out to be true if if all it does is video as the current one does i'm just not interested i'm not going to buy it if we finally get apps on the apple tv i.e let's be honest when we say that we mean games because i don't want to use evernote on my tv it's, or dropbox i mean i can see dropbox though to be honest with you if there's a video on my dropbox fire up the apple tv launch it boom there it is yeah but <laughs> will would this be a game changer because look, there's games on the Fire TV and it's terrible. I I, I actually spent like two ninety nine and bought the Sonic game, and it's horrible mm-hmm. to play it on that little remote control. It's just terrible. I think I think that's really what it comes down to. It's what what type of control can it use? I mean, I would imagine if it's effectively uh, an iPod iPod or an iPad turned into a box. 
connects up to a TV, then you'd imagine it would use MFI controllers. Well, that's what the rumor is, that that's exactly what they're yeah. going to do. And I've got so, one. I've got a couple, Well, I've, yeah, I, I've got a couple as well. And now, if, if it uses MFI controllers, yes, uh, MFI has not lived up to its potential. Um, What's I don't a, think there are no- well, There's a problem, because it's, it's designed for the iPhone or the iPad. And unless you buy a stand or set it on a table and move away from it, why would you ever use a controller? Now, I've done it on airplanes. Well, I wanted to play like uh, uh, Grand Theft Auto on my iPad. I set it on the, the little tray in front of me on the aircraft and I pulled out my controller and I sat there and played for an hour. It was great. And it's easier to play that game with a game controller by far. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? It's a lot of these games just don't play well on touchscreens. No. Um, and vice so, versa. Some, some touchscreens, yeah. you, games, you can't really play with a controller. Yeah. But an so Apple I, TV, imagine Pac-Man 256 using a MiFi controller running on your Apple TV. How cool that would be. Yeah, I think I think it would be. However, uh, it, it's all about how this is absolutely executed. And unfortunately, Apple's got, you know, we, 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 you know, we spent a good few minutes at the beginning of the show mocking Game Center because both of us knew, you know, it made it clear we didn't really understand what it was for. Right. Uh, and and I, I think the problem with gaming is that Apple often dips its toe in and doesn't go the whole hog. And I think how they've approached MFI is, is a good example of that. Um, I get what you're saying about, well, you, you're right there, you don't need a controller, but, you know, there are plenty of games on the App Store that play better with a proper controller. And yet the controllers have remained limited in scope, limited in... Uh, but that's not just, that's and, not and just ex- Apple, though, man. I, no, but, look, but they're, I get they're stuff ex- for review also, on Amazon yeah. all the time, right? I've told you I'm, very, I'm part of that program. But and, they're very expensive. Well, they are, but... And the reason they're expensive is because what Apple charges to get into the program. We know that these things are the same. You, you can see it on, on, the, on Amazon now. If you go and look at controller, you'll see an identical controller. The one for Android will be about $25, and the, one, the MFI one will be $80. Yeah. Yeah, and they're the same problem. device. Yep. But yeah? and Amazon that's, just sent me one for a couple of weeks ago now for Android, and I'm playing it on that. Uh, I, I tested it with that blue uh, it's the yeah. same size as the iPhone 6 Plus. And I downloaded some racing games and a couple other ones. And I paired this controller up just fine. It's a Bluetooth controller. Mm-hmm. It's The build quality is great. It's from Razer. I thought, this is going to be great. It even has a little clip on it that you could put on the controller itself and then clip your, your phone right to it. So I thought, this is going to be great. I put my phone on this little controller or on this little stand that's connected to the controller and I could just play racing games and all kinds of stuff. I could never get it to work. No. Nope. It paired up yeah, just well, fine. That, yeah. And and the games, I would, I would start to play a game and I would push a button on the remote and it would take me back to the home screen or it would mm-hmm. launch some weird... It was all over the place. There yeah. was no consistency. So I tried another controller... It worked, but then it kept dropping off. Was it the controller or was it the phone? I don't know. Uh, I tried it on my two um, Kindle Fires. Didn't work on either of those as well. So I got to say, it's it's got to be the controller. And this was a thirty five dollar controller that simply doesn't work at all. Well, it it could it could be Android support that there's actually the problem rather than the controller. I don't know. Fine, but uh, but my point being that these third party controllers for smartphones and tablets are iffy at best and it's not just an apple yeah. problem 
It's Android as well. I, I, I understand that, but the, the difficulty with me is not it, it's not the it's not the software, it's not the um, availability, everything. It's the cost. Yeah. And I, I think the problem is, and uh, Apple is so used to doing things itself that its approach to working with third parties is, well, we'll build it and then they'll come. And if they don't come, Apple goes, oh well, never mind. Uh, and and I think their approach to gaming is going to be like that. And I suspect the Apple TV, it will have it as a sideline. Uh, and, and they'll say, well, we'll build it. And then if people come, great. Uh, what I don't think they'll do is commit enough to it to make it to make it worthwhile. And I, don't, I just, you know, I, I, I don't have confidence in driving it to success. Uh, if, if it does take off, brilliant. And uh, hopefully it will. And I'm sure that if they launch the thing next week, it will have some fantastic game demos. Uh, where they've they've gone to a premium developer who knows what they're doing and they'll have built something amazing and it will look fabulous. Now, but then I, I suspect the devil will be in the details. It'll be 150 for the device, the control that come with it, whether it's got touch controls or tilt controls or all these different rumors or anything, won't be a game controller. Correct. And therefore you'll need an MFI controller. So you then you're looking at 150 plus another 80 for an MFI controller and then maybe if you want to play two player, you'll need another one again. And all of a sudden you're spending PlayStation money. And at that point, you're going to go, well, why don't I go out and buy a PlayStation? <laughs> so, you know, that's that, that to me is the risk. No, you're I really, still not really in the PlayStation category. Yeah, but you're still, you're, if you're talking a few hundred dollars, it's not going to happen. That's that's the point. Yeah. And, and, and I, I worry that that's the approach Apple's going to take. And I think that will kill it. That'll, you know what sells it these still things, though, so David? Here, here's what sells well, stuff like this. Games. If Apple could come out with a lineup of exclusive games for the Apple TV that are just killer games, it will be a success. If they just think, we're just going to release this thing, it's going to be easier, easy for iOS developers to port their iPad and iPhone games over to it, and that's the extent of our involvement in games in it, then I don't think it's going to go over very well. And that's probably what they're going to do. I got a feeling you're right. Uh, by the way... Yeah. For those wondering, <laughs> hey, Tim, you just said you were doing this with your iPad and blah, blah, blah. Which controller are you using? I am using, uh, and it's, <laughs> here you go, it's $70 on Amazon. Mm-hmm. It's the Steel Series Stratus XL wireless gaming controller. Yep. And uh, it's, it works really, really well, i got to say. I think... That- yeah, that's the, that's the one I the ones I use. I have to I have the micro one, the small one which I use when I travel with my iPad, and then I have the XL one which I use when I'm at home. And they are, in my opinion, they're the best ones you can buy. Yeah, if you're going to buy I, MFI, I'm they're happy really with this. Good. I don't yeah. see where it even says MFI on here. It's got to be though. Basically, if it's for if it's for i if it it's is, for it's, iOS, it's it has iOS. to be. Yeah. It's for iOS. Yeah. It's, it technically it says iPhone, iPad, and Mac. I've never connected could, it to my Mac. Yeah. No, I haven't either. You can buy some that say that they're for iOS and aren't MFI, and they basically normally sim- simulate an iCade. But the problem is, is since MFI came along, nobody tends to build the iCade support into their games anymore. And iCade support is not as good because it simulates a keyboard, so it's not really a proper controller experience compared to... Uh, you don't get um, proportional analog sticks with a with an iCade. All right. What I like about this is yeah. it's it feels and it looks like an Xbox 360 controller. 
Yeah. It's really nice, well built. Um, the buttons are nice and tight. The controls are nice and tight. They snap back where they're supposed to really well. The trigger, everything is just really nice on this game controller. So if you are looking for a game controller that's quality and you know someone who's used it and they're happy with it, David and I both do recommend the Steel Series Stratus XL. I'll put a link to the Amazon page uh, where it's you know sixty nine ninety nine. Yeah, I, in anyway. fact, my my uh, my Stratus XL I actually bought secondhand off eBay and I paid a lot less than retail for it. Yeah, there you go. So if if you're interested, always worth doing that because sometimes people buy them and then find they don't use them and so they put them on eBay and you can get. You can get them. The one I bought was virtually brand new, um, and I yeah I paid I paid buttons for it really, considering what what it costs normally. So it's pretty warm out here. Um, I've got the AC running. It's going to get up to, into the nineties today here, <clears throat> and it did yesterday as well. But yesterday morning, mm-hmm. I ran to the gas station, got Julie and I a cup of coffee, and um, I was listening to podcasts, you know, there and back. The problem, David, is I left my phone in my car on the dash mount thing. Mm-hmm. The, right. And I rolled up the windows because it said it was going to storm, but it never did. But it was hot. Sun was beating down. About two hours later, I couldn't find my phone. Yep. Mm-hmm. I left my phone, iPhone 6 Plus, in the car. So it was, it was on the driveway? No. Yes, it was in the driveway. Yeah, yeah. So I go out there, unlock the car, turn off the alarm pull my phone out and I go and I, you know, push the home button to wake up the screen to see if I missed anything, any calls that came through. Yeah. Nope. Well, maybe I did. The problem is that phone got so hot. I got that warning message in iOS temperature too hot. Phone must cool off before you can use it. Something like that. It was, wow. I've, I've never, I've never seen that. I've never seen it. T- Let me pull up my face. I actually posted it up on my Facebook page. Uh, let me pull, <laughs> oh wait, I just went to mymac.com, not Facebook. Um, let me pull up my, cause I want to read exactly what it says. Uh, scroll down, scroll down. Oh, I got a new marquee for my Neo Geo arcade, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. This guy's printing them on, uh, on Facebook in this group I belong in and he charges 22 bucks shipped. Cool. Uh, wow. yeah, it says temperature and it shows like a little, th- uh, thermostat. And it says, or I'm sorry, a thermometer. And it says, iPhone needs to cool down before you can use it. And this thing was hot, too. I mean, it was yeah. it was almost burning my hand. I took it out of um, my KX case. And, you know, because I thought I, I want to cool this thing down quickly. Yeah. And I just let it sit on my desk and I didn't touch it. And five minutes later, it was fine. Cool to the touch, worked great. Didn't do any lasting damage. But I got to imagine if that would have sat in there for another hour... I could have fried this thing. Yeah. Um, you know what? If you'd have had an Apple Watch, that wouldn't have happened. Well, yeah, because it would have told me. It would have, Well, yeah. I mean, that's that's one of the many little benefits of the Apple Watch. If you leave your phone somewhere, you look at your watch and you see a little red icon at the top that tells you it's out of range. Right. And then you know that you, uh, that you haven't done it. And then you can also um, do a Find My iPhone from your watch. And if you're on if you're on a regular wireless network, it'll know about it'll make make the make the phone shout at you. Well, the nice thing about is, uh, this was that I knew exactly where I had left it. Yeah, I want to say that this is the first time I've ever left my iPhone in the car, but 
I would be nah. lying if I said that. I do it all the time. I, um, what's the more annoying for me is, is, is I do it at work, so I park in the multi-story car park, and I walk all the way out of the multi-story, and I go up to where our office was on the 12th floor of the building, and then I realise that I've... Then I look at my watch and see it's not paired, and then I realise I've left my phone in the dash, and I have to go all the way back down again. So what do you so, think about... Uh, Jimmy Yvonne, Avon, Ovin, Ivan. I think his name is pronounced Iovine. Okay. What do you think yeah. about this whole thing that he just came out and this guy? Jimmy is. Uh, yeah, I think I think he even says in this article, Jimmy is Jimmy, <laughs> or Jim, or Jimmy is Jimmy. Uh, Jimmy promotes Jimmy, or it's the Jimmy Show. Uh, I first uh, came across Jimmy Iovine on um, American Idol. I used to watch American Idol, and uh, he was uh, always in the background on that show. And uh, it was we, we always used to laugh because this was this was before Apple bought Beats. Uh, and I said to Leanne, kept on saying to me, "We used to watch. We used to, they used to show it on a on a kind of out of hours channel here in the UK." She used to say, "Why is why is that guy always got headphones around him and a hat with that same headphone symbol?" I said, "Because it's a company he works for. He owns it." So he was always shameless in promoting beats there. But obviously, you know, he look, this is a guy who has real track record in the music industry. So he when he talks about how the music industry operates, he does know what he's talking about, even though he comes across as a little bit of a self-promoting blowhard. Um, and basically, yeah, in this, in this article here in the New York Post, he says that tech geeks have ruined the music industry. Yeah. <laughs> Which, for somebody who works for Apple, is kind of uh, unusual. But what the, the the point he I think he was trying to make was that in in his view, music used to be a lot more central to people's lives than it is nowadays. Uh, and the reason for that is because everyone's always playing with social media and gadgets and that sort of thing. Uh, he, and he says in this, you know, music used to be a, a kid's one, two, and three top favorite things to do and now it isn't and he says what's happening is those people are now growing up and going to work for tech companies and uh you know they don't get music because they haven't lived music they haven't music has not been as important to them as it as it is and while i understand what he's trying to say i my my sympathy ends with the point that that in my opinion if there's anything wrong with the music industry it's because the music industry ruined it by turning out an awful lot of crappy content um I, I think I think the business models in the music industry are, are you know are probably doing fine. It's just the finances of the music industry that are probably struggling. I read this. Uh, Daniel East, he's a uh, musician. Um, I've had him on OWC Radio a couple times. The first iteration, yeah. as well as the second. I met him in person for the first time at uh, NAB. Great guy. I like him a lot. He posted this. Yep. And I re- this was my response. It's people like him who ran such a corrupt industry for decades that made it possible for actual innovation to take over. He's just pissed that they can't fleece artists and customers like they had done since the 1950s. Mm-hmm. To me, that's... I think I'm spot on. They, they yeah. ripped off every artist they possibly could. They fleeced customers every single chance they got. And that gravy train pulled away from the station 
13 years ago. Yeah. And they, they can't rip people off anymore. They can't just push the worst crap you've ever heard. It gets on the radio because they pay the radio stations to play it. They bribe them and they underhanded and blah, blah, blah. They can't get away with being as corrupt as they used to be. The artists have so much more control over their content than they ever had before. Uh, the buying yeah. public isn't just force-fed whatever they want to give us. We have choices. We can search for stuff. We can find what we want. And we could talk to people all over the world about music and artists via social media and websites. We can read independent publications on music that's not paid for by advertising dollars from the same music companies. It's not a as now well, it's not as corrupt as it used to be, and the good stuff rises. It's just the way it is, and people like him can't rip people off anymore, and it pisses him off. That's really what he's mad about. You see, I, I remember, and I'm sure you remember this well when when CDs became big. Mm -hmm. Do you remember how much you used to have to pay for a CD album? Yeah, seventeen ninety nine. Seventeen to twenty dollars. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and of course you had no way of listening to those tracks before you before you bought the album. No, nope. and how many times I'm sure you you remember this very well where you go and buy an album from an artist because a couple of a couple of their songs had done well on the in the charts, and then you'd find that those were the only decent songs on the album. The rest of it was filler. Yeah, it was terrible, terrible rubbish. Yep, you know people don't um, buy albums like they used to anymore. Well, they they don't. I mean, I you know because I I was brought up in that era. I tend to listen to music on an album time album basis. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I do playlists and stuff like that. But actually, my preference if I'm sat down in front of my computer at work and I decide I'm going to listen to some music while I'm working, I will choose some albums and I will put them into a playlist and I will listen to them one at a time. I won't go because who has in my view who has the time to go and pick? Songs I just hit random play. I, I click all my music. Well, yeah. Or I have smart playlists like here's on my four plus star ratings. Right. I'll go to that playlist and I hit random. But you, that's easy to do if you have your own music library. If you have, if you're using Spotify, that's that's not quite so easy. You right, can go but to you're not station. listening to full albums there either. No, well, well, on on when I'm listening to Spotify, that's exactly what I do. I go and search. I say I feel like listening to this, and I will go and find three or four artists who I know do that type of music, and I will pick two or three albums, and I will then listen to them back to back. But that's just me, uh, and I recognise most people don't listen to music like that anymore. But that's what drives guys like Ivan crazy, and the, you know he's he is being disingenuous here because the guy does work for Apple Music. Mm -hmm. You know he is he is. A, He's right in the heart of delivering this thing that he says is screwed music up to people. So, and in know, my opinion, I, I, doing the worse job of it than Spotify or Pandora right now. I th you know, they're, well, yeah. We've, when we've, you delete my music, I'm sorry. It's game over. <laughs> it's just game over. Maybe, maybe that's uh, maybe that's his master plan, so he can sell it back to you again. Yeah, well, I ain't gonna. <laughs> if they deleted my music and I can't find it, I'm not buying it again. I'll go torrent it somewhere. I mean. Come after me then, because I've got... But the thing is, I, I had it all. I had it on backup, so it wasn't a big deal. Yeah. But I would have no problem technically stealing that music because Apple screwed up and, and deleted my files. I'm not going to have to pay for that. So so here's an interesting thing. I mean, I, I personally don't have much moral compunction about going out and torrenting a movie that I've already paid for and bought. If I have it on DVD somewhere and I can't find it, I'll quite happily go and torrent it because, as far as I'm concerned, I own it. Yeah. 
you know, I know that legally speaking that is completely and utterly wrong. But well, in the same way, if I, most if people I have don't an turn album, off the bought, torrent feature that says share it as you're downloading it. Well, uh, yeah, I, I certainly wouldn't do that. But, uh, yeah, the, you know, I, that I would do And same with an album as well. If I, in fact, I've, I have done this fairly recently. I've, I've torrented down albums that I haven't listened to for years. Because, you know, they're, they're in a box somewhere in my attic. And I'll go and torrent them and listen. Listen, If they're not on Spotify and I can't find them, I'll go and torrent them and listen to them again. I tell you what as I do. As if I there's a song I want to hear and I don't own it, David, I just go to yeah. YouTube, type in the name of that song, and there it is, and I listen to it. Yeah, funnily enough, they don't seem to have a problem with that. Yeah, actually they do. Well, You're going to see big changes coming to YouTube where they're going to have a, a premium subscription thing based around music videos and stuff like that. So if you want to listen to a Who song... And you find it on there, oh, well, it's going to cost you seven ninety nine a month to have access to those videos. Mm. You watch. That's what's going to happen yeah, within the next I 12 I months. I don't think that'll work well for YouTube. I don't think so either. That, I think it would be a huge mistake. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying yeah. it's a great idea. I think it's a horrible idea. But well, the, pr- I think the problem is they're happen. thinking, well, if, if Spotify can do it, right. and people use YouTube all the time, yep. then why don't, why don't we take that money rather yep. than Spotify? But what they're forgetting is that people don't just want to consume content sat in front of their computer. That's right. And they're not going to listen to YouTube in the car. Beyond that, there's a whole generation now of people who's been using YouTube for a decade that simply aren't going to pay to continue to use it. And here's what Google doesn't seem to get. When you start chasing away your customers by nickeling, diming them, a competitor will come up and challenge you and they will be successful because your customers are disenchanted with what you've been offering and what you've been doing. It's, it, it, yeah. it's just going to happen. Uh, last yeah. thing before we wrap up this uh, show, David, you've got a new ultra book at work. I have. Yeah. We, we, we've been using these Lenovo, um, kind of mid-sized 14-inch laptops for a long time, but we're moving away from our former company now and uh, we need new laptops. And, and we've been debating long and hard about our CEO would really like us to have MacBook Airs, but the problem is we rely too much, we rely too much on certain Windows programs and certainly most of our customers do as well. They, they use the Windows version of Office and we need to be able to swap files with them. And unfortunately, the Mac version of Office is not quite far compatible enough, particularly in stuff like PowerPoint to allow us to go to, to MacBook Air. So um, I went looking to find out what was the closest thing I could find to a MacBook Air in a Windows laptop. Uh, and I found this machine, the Dell XPS 13. And I have to say, I've only had it a couple of days, but I'm pretty impressed with it. It's about the size of an 11-inch MacBook Air, maybe very slightly bigger, but only by a few millimeters. But despite that, it has a, a screen that goes right to the edge of the bezel. So the screen is... is Virtually as big as a 13-inch screen, even though it's an 11-inch chassis. Really nice screen. A battery life that's, at the moment, I'm getting about 10, 11 hours out of it. Um, it's, it's for, a, for a Windows machine, it's very well built. It has uh, aluminium top and bottom. It has carbon fiber around the keyboard. Chiclet-style keyboard, the same way as a, a MacBook Air does. Um, I have to say, it's pretty nice. Um, and... Uh, you know, I, I think we probably will be adopting these. I, I need to see what everyone else in the company thinks first. But um, I've been using it and uh, and find it's really, really good. So anybody who's uh, interested in buying a premium Windows laptop that wants something that's similar to the MacBook Air, um, you might want to take a look at one of these. 
Hmm. Interesting. Fast. Fast for for you know for a Windows laptop, it is the first machine I've had in a while that feels really fast. I'm looking uh, at it's it right a, now. I, I, yeah. It looks nice. I, I like the way it looks. Yeah. yeah. So, so as I say, I mean, it, it, the, one, of, one of the things I like about it, it does not look like a clone of the MacBook Air. No. So, um, you know, it has uh, its own design sensibility to it. Aluminium top and bottom, but it's kind of a chiseled, um, shaped aluminium rather than a unibody. Um, as I say, it has the carbon fibre around the keyboard, so the keyboard area looks different. It, it what, what is nice about it is the fact that this screen goes right to the edges. Um, and it's not flimsy. It doesn't bend or... Um, you can get it in two... You can get a, a very, very... This, the one I've got is kind of full HD, but you can get a very, very high-resolution version that's a touchscreen as well, if that's what floats your boat. Um, but the big thing for me is that, much like a 13-inch Air, it gets an all-day battery life. You don't need to worry about charging this thing for a day. Uh, and that for us, we're we're on the road all the time. That's really really important to us. And it's you know it weighs the same as a MacBook Air, a 13 inch Air as well. So it's not heavy. It looks really. I'm looking at it right now. I love the carbon fiber. Is it an actual carbon fiber? or Is it just? It is. Of- it is proper. It is proper carbon fiber, and so it feels really good. Huh. The trap feels good. The only downside of carbon fiber is. Uh, Unlike the aluminium on a MacBook Air or a, or a, or a MacBook Pro, um, carbon fibre does show fingerprints. So if you're one of these people who has kind of greasy or sweaty hands, you're going to see marks around that. Now, did which you get is the slight, touch or the non-touch? The non-touch, because the, the touch one has a high-res screen, but that means the battery life is less. And yeah. frankly, we, we don't need to touch it. We don't well, the really touch need one the is uh, $1,349, and the non-touch with an i3 is only seven ninety nine. Yeah, and, and again, this being Dell, another tip for you is if you want, want to buy one of these, don't go out and buy a new one. Buy a refurb one because the refurb ones will be two $300 less and they're identical to the new ones. Um, so, you know, you save yourself some money. So did because you get the four so- or eight gigs of RAM? Uh, eight gig of RAM. So We've got an eight gig RAM, 256 gig drive. Uh, so yours is about 12, uh, 1100 bucks. Yeah, I I paid um, I think I paid about seven hundred twenty pounds for it, so yeah, just okay. less than a thousand dollars. Yeah, so it looks um, really nice. And, I have to say, there. I mean, this is this is the first Windows laptop I've seen in a long time that I think you know it, in daily use feels like a good premium device the same way you do with that. It feels the same as you do when you use an Apple device. Actually, it goes up to the XPS thirteen Touch with the i seven. Eight gigs of RAM and a five twelve solid state drive is two thousand forty nine dollars. Woo! Yeah. Woo! Who, who, you remember when everyone was saying that PCs are so much cheaper than Macs? Holy crap! Yeah, I know. That's not know. cheaper, folks. That's pretty expensive. So, with that, we're going to wrap up this episode of the Tech Fan Podcast. We'd love it if you guys send us feedback. Easiest way to do it is email the show at techfanpodcast.com. You can reach us uh, at that email address for pretty much anything. You can also find us on Twitter. It's at TechFanPodcast. And on Facebook, it's TechFanPodcast. And of course, of course, go to iTunes. Subscribe to the show there. And if you don't mind, give us a review on the iTunes page. That will help. It will uh, boost us up a little bit and more people will find the show. And make sure you tell your friends and family all about TechFan. Like, you know, don't listen to this because it's, it'll put you in a coma. <laughs> we need, we need more people. 
Uh, Absolutely. I always, yeah. always want more people listening to the show, and we really, really do want your feedback. It, uh, it makes the show uh, a lot easier for David and I because then we could talk about what you said and, um, you know, you guys are thinking wrong. something ourselves. That's right. All right no, we want it's 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 good to know that people either agree or disagree with what we're saying. Absolutely. Right. Yeah, it, it, just because you agree, that doesn't mean we don't want to hear it. Absolutely, we want to hear it. Yeah. And if you disagree, we definitely want to hear that too. Yeah. It sparks conversation, right? <laughs> Absolutely. So with that, David and I will see you in a week. And, uh, of course, next week, it's going to be all about the Apple event. See you then.